Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. What's up? Ooh. Buster Boys episode. Ooh. 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 Right. Ooh. 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 Right. Ooh. 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 Right. Ooh. 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 All right. Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys episode 90. My name is Brett Jagger along with Beaumont Rand. Hey, uh, what's up? Ooh. Hey, uh, how you doing? Oh, it's good. It's been a just a busy week. This is my last week of teaching for two weeks, and we're off for Christmas. So just trading go. and um, Christmas shopping, and it's just been a been a pretty busy, uh, pretty busy past two weeks. But it's about to calm the fuck down, and yeah, and shutdown season, okay. baby. Yes, yeah, I'll like. probably save my Christmas shopping for the week before, per usual. Did oh, you yeah. get yours done? Uh, everything but one white elephant gift or secret Santa is what my yeah, mom yeah. called it. Um, yeah. And I think it's for my dad's side of the family. Um, and they're kind of, you know, they're um, I would say they're a little more country than my mom's side of the family. My mom's side of the family, I got like a little wine tumbler thing. Okay. And for my dad's side of the family, that ain't going to fly, you know, so <laughs> we're gonna, that, that, that'll that, like, like that'll be something uh, that'll need to be something a little different. So it was not something I could buy at the mall. Like I, you know, walked around the mall forever you know you i feel like do you happen to hit up auntie ann's or cinnabon well um i did walk past them both but um <laughs> funny enough so remember this time last year i did the same thing i went and saw spider-man no way home i got I my do, yeah. shopping done in record time get um, some salt you got some Zol dogs last year right well i got those at um <laughs> uh, the first year at the florence mall okay. was at the florence mall <laughs> Last year, I got these quesadilla tacos from this um, Mexican uh, restaurant at the food court. Um, so I go back there this year, and they ha- it's the daily special again. The quesadilla oh, wow. tacos. I was like, get- yes, yeah, they're it's so a yearly good. tradition. Yearly tradition, and those were so good. Um, you know, especially for mall food. I mean, they're you know as freshly made as you can get for mall food, but but no, and I mean it really wasn't crowded too. I actually went to in Louisville. Um, just FYI. Uh, there are two malls, the Mall St. Matthews and the Oxmoor, and they're essentially right down the street from each, each other. other. Yeah. yeah. So so I kind of went to both and both were I mean, I, I was there in the AM. Um, yeah. And both were relatively, you know, yeah, Monday morning. We're still yeah. two weeks out, basically. But yeah. but it was you, a, probably, you picked the right time. Yeah, I know. I was pretty glad, you know, so so yeah, I may have to make this a tradition to do my Christmas shopping in the AM, you know, and just check out the mall because I never go. Yes, you know, so this is sort of my one time because. The Mall St. Matthews was my first conception of Louisville, you know, growing up. We would always go there for Christmas shopping and other kind of major shopping needs. So that, uh, you know, like it's kind of always good to sort of check in with uh, with that very old touchstone of mine. You're so, one of yeah. these stupid fucking mall rats. You don't come here to shop. You come here to hang out. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what I did. I probably did more hanging out than shopping. So I'm a mall rat. Mall rats. Top five film of all time for me. Yeah. Fucking love it. But yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, we've got a fun show today. Our first interview in quite a while. Yeah. Um, I mentioned it last week. Um, had the pleasure of meeting Brandon Prophet at the Indianapolis Dynamite. He's uh, an indie wrestler, indie wrestling promoter, booker. Um, you know, he's kind of part-time wrestler now, runs his own promotion, Wrestle Arts in Indianapolis. And uh, he has a bunch of good stories about uh, some matches he's had in the past, some brutal shit. Um, but we had a really nice conversation with we him did. and uh, definitely looking forward to hopefully going to his show on Friday, the 13th, January in Indianapolis. But more on that later, the wonderful yes. conversation. Great, great dude. Um, like I said, I sat next to him at Dynamite and he was just telling me stories and offered mm -hmm. at the end. He's like, hey, I had limited time, but would love to come back. So, uh, yeah, but before we get into that, uh Hey, Joe Burrow beat the Browns. Oh, yeah, that was exciting. That was um, I, I had a grade during the beginning of that. So I was kind of, um, you know, had, had one foot in the pool, one foot not. Well, you, know, you didn't miss that, much in the first, the first half. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then the second half was fun because there was that perfect flea flicker. Oh, my God. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. So so I feel like I kind of timed that pretty well. Yeah, fun game. Obviously not quite as fun as last week's Chiefs game, but just to finally beat them. I mean, I think we'd lost five in a row to right. them, which is yeah. inexcusable. Well, it's funny that Baker Mayfield owns us and Deshaun Watson. I mean, he, <laughs> he kind of brought them back at the end. You know, I think if it wasn't for a few of his sort of heroics, his like sort of like scrambles on third down, we would have blown him out by more. Yeah. You know? I'll tell you what, being down there on the field, that motherfucker throws the ball maybe as hard as anyone I've ever seen. Who, Deshaun like, Watson? Just throws lasers down there. But wow. fuck that guy. Yeah. And there was a nice, like, <laughs> the crowd was trying to get it going in the beginning and no means no chant. And, like, by the time the fourth quarter hit, it was, like, it wasn't the whole stadium, but it was pretty damn loud. Was it loud enough? Oh, man. Yeah. I was laughing. It was pretty funny. But, uh yeah. Yeah, good to get that revenge game, especially since they beat the shit out of us. I guess oh, it was yeah. our last loss. That's five how, straight how, wins. How, it was on Halloween night. Yeah. Yeah, so it that's was. good. Um, yeah, Bengals clicking right at the right time yet again, just like last year. So Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's very exciting. I mean, looks like, you know, win one more, and I feel like pretty confident about the playoffs. You know, definitely, you know, I mean, hell, I mean, if we – we Only can still win, win the more. division. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, we're, you know, right on the precipice of reaching last year's win total. I mean. Yeah. You know, and, but, Frankly, yeah. like, if the playoffs started today, we would be the five seed because Baltimore would win. But we'd go at Tennessee. and Yeah. Which we've already good. won at. Yeah. yeah, yeah they've yeah. kind of fallen apart since then. Granted, still want to win the division, get a home game. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. But, yeah, it's been, been a fun turnaround. Five straight wins. Uh and then on the other end, the Louisville basketball team is a uh, zero and nine. Oh yeah, they're they're atrocious. <laughs> it's it's unfathomable. Yeah, it is unfathomable. It's pretty. Uh, is he going to get fired? I you know I think it's not outside of the question just because if you, you win can, two games, yeah, yeah. Well, you can build teams in the transfer portal instantly, and like, and he you know, did. and if he, yeah, and if he has nothing going next year, it's like you could like there are tons of competent college basketball coaches out there. Yeah. Who like, and I think Louisville at this point, you don't need a swing for the fences. You just need a competent guy who can make you competitive for reaching the NCAA tournament. Like, I think that's all that anybody wants. And you could find, you know, there's tons of those, those people out there, but, um, and then swing for the fences. Maybe if, if that guy kind of, you know, peaks, you know, you know, it's something lower than what the standard is, but yeah, no, I think this is just, 
pig slop. Un- yeah, pig slop. <laughs> it's 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 completely unacceptable. And I think like, you know, I could see that them them saying, hey, we're going to, you know, bring him back for another year. You know, like as I guess you can just because like rarely do co- our coaches fire yeah. after. But Lee season. has told me he's not even really doing that well in recruiting either. No, right? he's not. He's doing yeah. terrible. He's doing terribly in like couldn't get it, any grad, like good grad transfers. Oh yeah, I mean. and, and despite like even if you bring in some people, it's it's like how are you going to sell that to fans next year? <laughs> you know, like like you, there's no way you can sell that to fans, and that's gonna you know there's tons of downtown businesses that rely on Louisville basketball for you know restaurants you know because yeah, it's for been money a, before a games. huge institution and very successful for yeah. i mean more than our entire lives oh, yeah, until yeah. now <laughs> yeah um but but yeah without that i mean that's just a hard sell and i mean i think if it gets bad enough i think you know i, I think that there's there's really no choice i mean you know if you tr- trot him out there next year with a product that isn't seemingly on paper improved. I mean, you know, then, you know, the optics and just the money and just the morale um, is going to be just completely uh, in the gutter. So, at so least, yeah, fo- at least football is seemingly going the other way. Yeah. You know? yeah, It's exciting for, uh, for Jeff Brown. We'll see if he can keep the, uh, I know he went to California to see the, the uh, yeah, California and... guys. Yeah. So we'll see. And I know there've been some people who flipped. He actually recruits the city, which it's kind of funny. It's like, I assume like Satterfield like would go into like St. X or Trinity or, or Manual or, or wherever you're going to get guys at and like, you know, like completely just shut out, like didn't even try. Like because like Mark Stoops and Jeff Brom like both had that shit on lockdown. Yeah. You know, and it's like, God, that's so pathetic. It's like, seriously, yeah. you know, these kids like probably grew up, you know, were probably young enough to remember the good Charlie Strong and Brian Brom and Petrino teams. And it's like, you know, they, and the fact that they don't even try. Um, and it's not like Louisville's a hotbed of football talent, but I mean, damn, I mean, Purdue's, you know, Rondell Moore. I mean, yeah. I believe he's new Albany. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Rondell Moore is new Albany, but I mean, you know, obviously he's, you know, great. You know, I think the, well, they had that George Karloftis guy who went in the first round defensive end. To yeah. The Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, I mean, th- th- that's legit stuff. So we'll see, you know, kind of what happens with, with the recruiting, but definitely that looks on the up basketball. I think, you know, um, I think it's maybe. beyond embarrassing. Oh yeah, beyond beyond embarrassing, and you know they have two more bye games left. One against the team that is also ranked in the three hundreds in the net rankings. Um, well, we've already had like four bye games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, these <laughs> are three. Are, are, I guess these are pretty much the last two because after losing to one and nine Florida State, I mean, I think which I didn't realize they were that bad either. Oh yeah, and by twenty two points, and by twenty two points, not even look competitive, not even lead for one second. What's the know? last game they've even been competitive in? App State. Yeah. (laughs) App State was what it is. Yeah. Well, Beaumont, the holidays are almost here, and there is plenty of T-shirt cheer. Thanks to our sponsor, True Classic Tees. Fellas, we have the perfect gift for your wish list. True Classic Tees are a gift for you, for her, and a great present for any guy in your life. True Classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Mm -mm. Trust me when I say that this is a gift the ladies will appreciate, too. You gotta love that. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees. And now you can save big while you do so. Get 25% off True Classic with our exclusive link at trueclassic.com slash bbb. 
And the discount doesn't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sale. Support and sh- support our show and check them out at trueclassic.com slash BBB. Bmont, tell them more. If you're rocking a Santa bod, maybe lay off the ho-ho-hos. A true <laughs> classic might be the Christmas miracle you've been waiting for this side of Tiny Tim. Hmm. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good to certain body types. Uh, I guess except for Santa in that case. Yep. Well, um, well, True Classics team designed t-shirts to make the fellas of all sizes out there feel confident in their clothing. I was wrong. These tees taper off toward the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. This is a desirable look that can be achieved by every body type. They give you the wide shoulder and tapered bottom look that we're all looking for, and the quality of the t-shirts are absolutely elite. Mm-hmm. Elite. 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 You'll look like a young buck. Uh, from going to the gym to your first date, there's no better look than a fresh tee. And they offer other menswear as well, ranging from polos to workout shirts to even boxer briefs designed to keep your boys feeling nice and comfortable. They make it super easy to build out your wardrobe with their elite true classic quality. And they also, yeah, they and they also, yeah, also elite. <laughs> but, but, but this is also like the elite hunter, like Kazarian. I bet, I bet he, he looks like he would wear a big tight true classic show oh sure oh, does. yeah 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 we should have thrown one at him at the show <laughs> i bet he would have been like i got one on uh but they even have a pack builder on their website where you can customize the bundle you want and save even more and for my big fellas up there they have all the long options for the tall guys and up to xxxl Woo. you know yeah mm-hmm. i wonder if they have one that can fit you know the um who, what's the villain in um rudolph red-nosed reindeer the yeti Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet, I bet, I bet. Or the Yeti from Halloween Havoc '95. Oh yeah, yeah. I bet there's a true classic tee that can that can fit Yetis and Yetes. <laughs> um, but you know what? It all, true classic also makes uh, for the perfect gift for stocking stuffer for all men in your life. Dad bods get you covered. Rip bods, you know it. Your average Joe, yes sir. Get yourself or someone you love the number one gift on Sandy's list. It's a gift for you, but really a gift for her. Um, CTA me. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com slash BBB. Free shipping included on purchases over 100 bones. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com slash BBB. Santa won't be the only one slaying thanks to True Classic. Your body will thank you. Santa Claus. Santa Santa Claus. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Santa Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah about that song about it all right enough of this bullshit mm-hmm. uh before we get to brandon and we're also going to do a brief little run through of dynamite after the interview but i had you watch it and i wanted to talk about it ftr briscoe's three Double dog collar match at Ring of Honor, final battle. Might be my match of the year. Definitely top three. Bloody, nasty, just drama ensued. What just give me give me your rundown of it. What do you think of the double dog collar match? I thought it was gross. Like in a good (laughs) way. Like it was just it was pretty like I don't know. I don't know if it's just the Briscoe's characters that drag in this way, but there's like a trashiness to it, you know, where it's just like rubbing chains on people's heads and like remember ftr they were in those white trunks and they were just all they, they, they remember like how she hulk on my like green paint yeah yeah 
Like it was like that, except with blood. Like when was, I can't, it was either Jay Briscoe or Dax Harwood was busted open like less than a minute into the match. Yeah, yeah, very, very, yeah, very quickly. And I mean, it just went outside of the ring, and it was just constantly like excessively brutal. Um, but I mean, it, but very entertaining, obviously. Oh my god, like, like, like very, very entertaining. It wasn't just a you know um, pornographic brutality. Yeah, you know? and I know you hadn't seen either of their previous two matches, no. but like. The first one, again, is also probably top five of the year for me. And the second one I had at four and three quarters might be a five. Like, they've just been unbelievable. So, like, the culmination of kind of everything that had happened. Yeah. And, I mean, these two teams had never wrestled before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, outside of the Young Bucks, and I guess you can say the Usos now, too, for sure, like, kind of widely regarded as – two of the best tag teams in the world. And yeah, they, I think they, they've, they've gone out and proved that this year with no, flying colors. No, they've definitely shown it. Um, it was cool. Like, and like I was saying, I was saying this earlier before the interview, it was cool to see ring of honor with the high levels of production, you know? Yeah. Cause like usually Cause you seen hadn't them, seen, I guess you hadn't seen any of the, the Tony Khan. No. Yeah. And, and, and this was neat, you know, you know, to kind of see and like, well, especially with the brutality of it, whenever I think of ring of honor, I think of like, you know, shaking hands and like and like slap chops and stuff like that not like rubbing chains on people's foreheads although they used to get pretty brutal back in the day too but uh yeah obviously from what you've you know your experience Mm -hmm. of ring of honor but yeah i mean we again we talked about it briefly off air but that spot where cash you know mark briscoe was on the top rope cash was on the outside and he whipped him does basically a front flip onto a stack of chairs off yeah. the top. Like that's one of the craziest things I've oh, seen. Oh yeah, it was. And like that stack of chairs was kind of like, there was a couple moves they were trying to do that kind of missed Yeah, off of the stack of chairs. But like, that was a hell of a one to uh, hit. Yeah. And then chairs, referee say. Mike Posey getting just destroyed by the chain. I'm guessing he bladed because mm-hmm. that was a pretty, that was a lot of blood real quick, but yep. uh, man, you got to love seeing a ref. You know, kudos to Mike Posey for taking that bump and, you know, cutting yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, seriously, like you never really see refs like I guess maybe some refs in matches that I haven't seen. I'm sure tons have had blade jobs. But yeah, yeah you just I mean, this one kind of often. I mean, this one just kind of fit because it was just all over the place. You for know? sure. Like, why not? Yeah, it's like yeah. It's, it's hard to even describe everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm definitely going to want to watch it again. But, yeah, just the heart, the desire, the will to win. I mean, yeah, these teams couldn't be more opposite in kind of their look and how they go about their business, but in terms of how they fight and wrestle, pretty damn similar. And, uh, I mean, it's just produced some of the best shit I've ever seen in tag team wrestling. And, uh, yeah, this was wild. And I think it was only the second ever dog collar match in Ring of Honor history. Well, they're about to follow up with another, right? Because that was the, um, the gun club, right, at the very end? Oh, yeah. Well, are they going to do another one? Yeah, well, it seemed like didn't the gun club like bring out like dog collars? I don't even remember. Did they? Or, or, or was that because because they also um, came out after the match of Dynamite, right? Yeah, that was they kind of announced the match. Yeah. On Dynamite. So and, and, that and, might be what you but they attacked the Brit. They, they, they attacked the Oh, after. OK. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm yeah, guessing sorry. that'll probably happen. I don't know. Like, because now it, Tony on. Khan did say Ring of Honor TV is going to start 
but it's going to be on like their honor club subscription on four. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I get it. They wanted to start doing something before they got TV, mm-hmm. but like AEW and ring of honor have kind of been mixed to this point. Yeah. And so, so like, I kind of thought that this, you know, FTR versus the guns would be an AEW match, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's, you know, going to be interesting to kind of see how this all parses out, you know, with them now having a weekly product. So, yeah. but yeah, all the Tony Khan, ROH pay-per-views I think have been very good and entertaining yeah it definitely does still feel like AEW a bit the presentation you know it's pretty similar but Mm -hmm. I still got enough of that old ring of honor flair and I love Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman on commentary and those guys have been there for a while and they have Bobby Cruz the ring announcer so I think he's doing his best to kind of keep the old guard of ring of honor in place and yeah I mentioned you, I know you didn't watch it, but Claudio ended up beating Jericho. So you've got a Ring of Honor original, for lack of a better term, kind of back with that belt when Jericho is disrespecting it. So, you know, I'm I'm intrigued. I don't have Honor Club. I know Tom does. So, I'm, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'm going to be watching this every week because I'm already watching insane amounts and that's probably going to go down next year. So, uh, yeah, but I'm intrigued. And uh, yeah, this... Uh, the whole show was pretty damn good overall, though, too. So, uh, cool. yeah, good shit there. Um, anything else before we get to Brandon Profit? Uh... We have got our first interview in quite a while, right, buddy? Very long. I mean, like, yep, close to a year. Yeah, it's been a minute, but uh, I had the privilege of meeting this gentleman and his wonderful family at the uh, Indianapolis AEW Dynamite recently. He's got a million nicknames. He uh, he's a wrestling promoter, booker, wrestler. He's known as the human horror film, the Adam Street Butcher, the insane icon, and the all-seeing eye among probably 25 to a million other nicknames. But Brandon Prophet, welcome to the Brain Buster Boys. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, like I said, it was a pleasure meeting you at the Dynamite, and uh, we certainly uh, chopped it up for, what, about three hours nonstop, and I'm like, I think this is a guy uh, we could get on the show, and um, you've got a bunch of great stories, so uh, we're definitely looking forward to hearing, to hearing them. Yeah, I uh, I definitely, you know, I spent a lot of time on the road with a lot of people, that's for sure, so. Heck Yeah. Um, so you also run your own promotion in Indianapolis called Wrestle Arts. So I don't know. Do you want to get into that first, or do you want to kind of get into your career first, wrestling career? That's your, it's your shit, man. Wherever you want to sail it, that's where we'll go. Okay. Well, let's sail it from the start of your career. Just kind of talk us through, you know. And obviously, you did a lot of hardcore, a lot of death matches. Mm-hmm. But how did your career start? Who were kind of the biggest influences for getting you in? And we'll kind of go through your journey from there. All right. Well, um, so I actually started uh, when I was 14. Um, I saw a, uh, I met a local wrestling promoter at a gas station and uh, he gave me a flyer for his show. It was called uh, the Insane Wrestling Alliance. Um, and it, they ran shows at this local bingo hall. Uh, actually, 
I think they might have been at the uh, the Post Road Community Center at first, and then they moved to the Bingo Hall. Is this in Indianapolis? But, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, there were some other promotions that ran at that that Post Road Community Center over the years, but it was kind of a a weird setup. But uh, he had a hotline on there because this was back in like probably 1997. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I know I'm I'm dating myself a little. Oh, bit, I called but... some wrestling hotlines back in that day. Yeah, yeah, right. So then, uh, you know, I was just a little kid, and uh, I just wanted to be on the show. So like, I would just cut all these promos on the messages afterwards, and I would like, I thought that I had to be like the coolest guy ever. Like, I was like, man, they're gonna hear these, and they're gonna think I'm so cool, and they're gonna want to book me, and like, I'm gonna be a like a wrestling star. And uh, he he called me back, and he was like, can you do that in front of people? And I was like, yeah. Okay. So I went and I uh, I did it thinking I was going to be like the next Stone Cold Steve Austin, but the crowd <laughs> hated me, dude. At 14? They, oh, they hated me so bad. <laughs> oh, man. Like, they were like, it, was, uh, it was rough, man. Were and you then, trying uh, to be a baby face? Yeah, I thought I was, I, I thought I was like the coolest guy ever, man. I was like 14 and I was just, but you know, like uh, and a, a 30-year-old man doesn't take too kindly to a 14-year-old man cutting the promo on him. <laughs> yeah, I uh, can see that. The wrestlers hated me. Everybody hated me. It was a it was it was a rough start for sure. <laughs> so where did it kind of go from there then? Well, I I kind of I trained in secrets behind the uh, the behind the the uh, bingo hall. They, they had a ring set up outside, and it was next to like this like ten foot pile of trash. Like they they weren't uh, emptying the dumpsters anymore. It was just a literal just mountain of trash, and that's, oh, that's where I trained. And, that's good. Uh, yeah, they beat me up at first. I think they thought I would quit, but I didn't. You know, I, I played uh, sports for a long time as a kid, and I was pretty good at getting knocked around. So uh, eventually they, uh, you know, it just grew from there. I started doing shows, and um, yeah. Who do you credit as, like, your main trainer or trainers? Well, t- I mean, technically I was trained uh, by this guy named Judas. Uh, he worked as uh, Kamala Jr., Okay. And, uh, yeah, like so. Technically, I was trained by him. Uh, over the years, like I, I picked up a lot of stuff from a lot of different people. Um, you know, I, I was taught a lot of stuff by uh, Tracy Smothers, uh, Necro Butcher, Mister Insanity. Yep. Um, you know, at one point in time, American Kickboxer said I was a uh, uh, loosely part of his dojo. Uh, but you know, I don't know how much stock to put into that, but. Uh, not that there's anything wrong. I mean, he trained a lot of good guys. I just don't know that, you know, that I'm, I'm one of them for sure. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I, I never went through like formal training or anything, just like some seminars and some time on the road, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. did you have a question about, oh, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. So um, what, um, what moment actually, um, I guess early on in your career did, you know, in ring where you felt like, you know, something clicked, you know, kind of the opposite of that first moment when you're a 14 year old cutting a promo that you felt like, Hey, I got this or, or that you feel like you sort of became or started on the path to become the wrestler that you are today. Well, I, I spent, um, it was probably like that first, that first like week that I turned 18. Right. Like, cause up until that point, I kind of tried to find like my own identity, you know, like, I did a lot of flippy stuff, uh, but a lot of people had like legit heat with me because um, the the people that get worked the hardest are, are like the boys in the back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. like they, they work themselves into a shoot all the time. <laughs> um, but, you know, and plus I was young and I was, I was arrogant and I was, you know, 
uh, I followed the, I was told never to, never to break the gimmick in front of anybody ever. So I never did. Right. Like I didn't understand like the, the difference. Um, you know, I was just a kid. I was 14 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, you know, I tried, uh, I tried to be like a flippy guy and then I tried to be like a Mac guy. And, and um, I mean, at the end of the day, like I just didn't really look like somebody who was going to be, I mean, I didn't look like Ricochet does now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I don't look like Kurt Angle does. You know what I mean? So like, um, I did a, a a barbed wire baseball bat match like the week that I turned 18. Oh shit! <laughs> um, and it was like super over. And like after that, like my phone was ringing all the time. Um, and then you're eight, I, and you're 18, just turned 18. So yeah, this was kind of like that first breakthrough then. Right. I mean, before I turned 19, I was already wrestling like all over the country. Like I was all over the place. And, and it was yeah. at a time, you know, before the Internet was really popping. So, like, it was just me hustling, like, all the time, uh, uh, just trying to, to make a name for myself. But I was I was one of, like, the first people that did wrestling and in, in hardcore and did wrestling and death matches because um, it was in that period where there was just, like, a bunch of guys who couldn't work stabbing each other all the time. And uh, I'm not saying that I can or can't work. I mean, I guess that's up to the that's up to you know somebody else to decide. But I, I definitely was doing cooler looking things with the weapons. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, you know, and I, you know, I kind of came up with like JC and those guys, and, and we were doing fun stuff. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Um, so one of my questions was going to kind of be, how did you get into the hardcore deathmatch side of things? But you answered it right there. So um, I guess kind of, you know, as you were coming up, you know, what were some of your like first, like you said, you mentioned traveling the country and the world. Like, what would you consider some of your first like marquee type matches, shows, events, like anyone of note that you can remember going up against and like, wow, that match was, that was my favorite match or, you know, just some of those early like hallmarks of your 18 plus year old career. Well, I think probably um, like the matches that kind of really got me like notice as the internet was budgeting or burgeoning, budgeting. I don't know what the right. <laughs> burgeoning. Yeah. I think that's burgeoning, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Badgering so, actually. <laughs> It's what? Bad, badger. No, I was just kidding. Go badgering. <laughs> badgering. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the correct word. The right, the correct nomenclature. As a matter of fact. Yeah, fair. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think they were my matches with Necro Butcher. So, like, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd already worked with like Abdul the Butcher and like Greg Valentine and like Jake the Snake and like all, all when those, you were 18, like 18, 19, and that range. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, uh, but nobody in Indianapolis would book me because everybody shoot hated me. Like they did not like me at all. They were like, this guy's the biggest asshole. Um, and did so, that stem from that first promo or just kind of, you know, they just had a mark on your back. I think that it was several things. One, I, I honestly, I think it was my attitude. Um, <laughs> Fair. You know, I, uh, you know, again, I was, I was told to follow certain directions and I followed those directions and, and, you know, like I said, the boys worked themselves into a shoot, probably me included more than once. But <laughs> um, but it also had to do with the fact that, like, I was getting booked and I was, like, out getting out. And, like, you know, there were this this group of these older guys in their 40s or whatever. And they they didn't like the fact that, like, it cost money for me to be on your show, like, straight out of the gate because I, yeah. I, I could get it. So I did, you know. Yep. Um, I mean, I was I was a, a full time professional wrestler by the time I was twenty, like with no side jobs, nothing. Like that's awesome. And, 
Yeah, uh, that was the early 2000s. And yeah, at that time too to be yeah. making a living off it. Yeah, that's that's right. impressive. Yeah, so but I think uh so Insanity Pro Wrestling, uh I was at one of their shows and it was supposed to be Necro Butcher versus I think Chet Jablonski from HWA. I I think that's the case. Uh, it was one of the Jablonskis. It could have been Dean, but I think it was Chet. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the Jablonskis, unfortunately. But a yeah. great, great name, though. <laughs> yeah. back, back in the early 2000s, they were, like, killing it over at HWA, but uh, he didn't show up to wrestle the Necro Butcher. He just, he just no-showed. Uh, so I was like, I'll do it, guys. I'll wrestle yeah. Necro Butcher. Like, like I'm, I'm down. But they didn't that's want to. A, that's a bad man, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't want me to. So they were like, <laughs> they, were like they were like, no, we're not booking you, bro. So they tried to get this guy named the bouncer to do it. And uh, <laughs> the bouncer, dude, one of the sweetest guys of all time, man. But he was like, he had to, he, he had to be like in his mid to late forties. And like, I just wrestled the necro butcher was not, not going to be his thing, you know? So yeah. he comes back a couple minutes later and he said, Oh guys, my wife said no. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so then uh, finally, like, they were they were trying to find somebody and nobody would do it and then finally they were like all right man get you get your gear and uh, it was funny because so it, it was the first time I'd ever wrestled with mats on the floor because we rented the ring from HWA well not not we at the time it was you know IPW um, they but they rented the ring from HWA so it was an old WCW ring because oh, HWA nice. was a, a developmental territory for WWE. And, and IPW was kind of like a sister promotion to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had like the ring mats and everything. And uh, we go out to the outside and I pick up Necro Butcher and I sink into the mat because it's, it's like the mat's like thick, man, several yeah. inches. And I, I, I just dropped them. Like I just dropped them over like because I, I thought I was falling down. I dropped them. And then I froze up. I was like, oh, no, dude, this is like my moment. I just dropped Necro Butcher. So he gets up and he just slaps me in the face as hard as he can. And I'm like, I, I think for a second, I'm like, dang, dude, do I really want to do this? Right? Like, is this is this where I'm going? So <laughs> I was like, all right, man, if this is what we're gonna do, this is like this is it. So I stand up and I stick my face out again, and bam, dude, he slaps it so hard. And I get back up and I stick my face out again, and bam, he gets it again. And so after about six of them, he gets me again and he goes, he goes, quit putting your face out, dumbass, and throws me in the ring. So <laughs> Uh, and then we get in the back and I come up to him and I'm like, Hey man, I'm sorry. I dropped you. I appreciate, appreciate the match. Blah, blah, blah. And he laughed and he was like, he was like, I can't believe, uh, he's like, I thought you were going to come back here and be pissed, man. Like, uh, cause you could actually see his fingerprints in blood under my skin. Oh my Lord. So, I was going to say, I figure he was giving it to you pretty straight here. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a rough day, but I couldn't hear out of my ear for like two weeks. Oh Lord. It just, it just quit working. Um, that's not good <laughs> yeah right but so he uh yeah that was that was kind of the gist of it and then we we worked together like probably like s- several times a month for like two years straight yeah um and like H- the- hwa that's the that was the cincinnati one right yep, like yep. mox mox came up in and whatnot yep that's yeah, what I that, thought. Yeah, as you were saying that, I'm like, I know because I we talked about it. I read Mox's book, so you know he kind of he talked about all about coming up in HWA and what was right. the guy's name? Less something. Les Thatcher. Yes, Les Thatcher, and I think BJ Whitmer went through there as well. Which, yep, as I told you, sure. he was kind of my connection to getting those tickets when we met. So uh, yeah, small world for sure. Right. Well, that's where that's where I 
met BJ like we talked like through IPW because he was doing the IPW show. So yeah, um, I don't think I ever worked for HWA. Um, I, obviously, probably the the kind of wrestling that I did was probably not uh, something that Les Thatcher was going to be super interested in. Mm-hmm. Heard that? But, yeah, yeah. But it uh, if I if I did, I I don't remember doing it. So I would I would assume I probably didn't. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Then I just kept working with Necro and Mister Insanity and all those guys, and then uh, uh, I broke my arm in a match uh, wrestling Necro Butcher for IPW in uh, like Mooresville. Uh, and then I kept using the arms. So then after that, like oh, those deathmatch guys love me. You know what I mean? For a little bit, at least until yeah. they hit me. <laughs> you know how that goes. Well, you mentioned losing hearing in your ear for two weeks. I know Bo had a question. You know, just about all the bumps you've um, taken, and yeah, and go we ahead. Asked, we asked. We've asked this to every wrestler that's been yeah. on here. And, um, always eager to to hear this. But um, out of every bump you've taken, out of every move that's been done to you, which has sucked the most to have done have done to you and i'm uh, sure so, you've got a laundry list yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I after watching that match i have my suspicions you know but well, there, there's honestly two two things that jump out to me and neither one of them are in that match so and just uh, to be clear the match because we hadn't mentioned it on air yet oh, we yeah. will talk about it was from yeah. iwa mid-south in 2006 razor blade death match yeah. against corporal robinson but go ahead brandon yeah yeah, yeah. uh so the first one was uh, I took a, a gas weed eater to the top of the head, uh, and that was that was ungodly, dude. That Did was you say horrible. a weed eater? Yeah, yeah, a gas weed eater, and it was oh, uh, with with the little plastic things like spooled out and everything. Oh yeah, it was. Oh I, man, I, it, it shoot shredded the whole top of my head, oh, man. My it was a, oh my lord! Yeah, it was it was rough. I think it hit one of my ears too, but luckily, like I didn't have any lasting damage. Yeah. Um, and the other one was from actually Wrestle Art Six, uh, which was the last show we had. Um, so I have uh, some torn ligaments in my shoulder. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm having uh, some some shoulder issues, and I, I have like frozen shoulder, so it's not moving how it's. But like I, right now, I have about fifty percent mobility, uh-huh. uh, and I, I can only bench like eighty five pounds right now. And it, it at one at like my strongest, I could do like four hundred. So I'm I'm like Damn. real low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but he, uh, the guy, uh, Avery Hertz did a dive to the outside. And when I caught him, I thought like my whole, like right side of my body felt like it exploded. Um, and I, I don't know how well you can see it on the edited version. Cause I edited the video and I tried to like cut it out as much as possible, but, uh, you know, you can, you can see like at one point, like when they, when they come to check on me, cause I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm like, nah, dude, I'm just going to lay here for a minute. <laughs> like, I was yeah, like, let me rest. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, do whatever you got to do, man. I just need a second to kind of compose myself. And yeah. I'm sitting there moving it around. And I'm like, again, it was, it's only the second time in my career. Like, I've ever been like, I don't really need to do this. Like, I could just <laughs> quit right now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the first time, you know, being the time that first slap from Necro Butcher. And yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> the second time being that. And then I was like, nah. And that was like a month ago, right? Yeah, it was uh, November fifth. Yeah, yeah. So, but that, that those were the two times that like, and, and it's weird. So every you know, obviously you, you picture the weed eater being one of those moments, mm-hmm. but the uh, everybody's like, oh, it's just a dive, and that was one. Yeah, yeah that dive sucked, man. That was yeah. a, a tough moment in my life. I mean, I can't imagine thinking my a whole side of my body is going to explode. So, <laughs> and after <laughs> all the shit you've been through as well, so 
Let's yeah. talk about the match that we sure. uh, mm-hmm. briefly talked to you about it before we were on air, and Bo and I just watched it right before this. So, yeah. Um, was it, correct me if I'm wrong, at least the YouTube video we saw said it was the first razor blade death match in America. Is that correct as far as you yeah. know? No, it, it, yeah, it 100% was for sure. Yeah. And where did it originate? Was it a Japan thing or? Yeah, June Kasai, yeah. I think, had yeah. the first, right? Okay. And, and that's yeah. the Eddie Kingston guy, right? Who fought. No, that's June Akiyama. June Akiyama. Ah, yeah. okay. June gotcha. Kasai, completely different from June Akiyama. <laughs> that's the crazy monkey, June yeah. Kasai, man. Look him up. You'll uh yeah. you've never seen his matches. It's oh it's an man. experience. Hell, he had one this year with El Desperado uh in JTO that was absolutely amazing. But uh yeah, oh, his, wow. I've seen some of his old stuff as well. Uh and yeah, he's a fucking wild man. <laughs> yeah. So but, yeah. He uh he was he's I, I worked on a show that he was on in the United States. Uh, God, I don't even know when it was, but I remember that uh, that he had uh, swastikas all over his gear. But, oh, yeah, but keep in mind, the swastika is different in Asia. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. like a Buddhist symbol. So yeah, yeah. It, it means like peace not- or something, like something that you would associate the opposite of it. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I do remember, like, uh, I'm Jewish, so I, I do remember being like, ooh, this could turn out real rough to, yeah, if, somebody, yeah. if somebody doesn't know any better, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so, the, obviously, the, the poor guy could barely communicate, so he doesn't know, you know? Yeah. Just, uh, but, yeah, it was that was just kind of a weird moment. Yeah, well, back to IWA Mid-South 06. So, yeah, I guess just in general, what was that experience like? I mean, we'll – especially it being the first one, you know, how nervous were you ahead of time? And, uh, you know, the match starts, you're basically laying in what appear to be legit right hands to Corporal Robinson. And then he fucking hammers you with like two or three. And it appeared you got knocked out. But uh, what was that experience like? (laughs) Well, so I, I think that in order to tell the story properly, I have to just step back in time a little bit. Please do. Go. So there was uh, like when I first started doing death matches and stuff and IWA Mid-South was huge. Like it was mm-hmm. like a big thing for tape traders. It was a big deal to wrestle Friday. Yep. Mid-South. I know Chris hero and CM Punk had famous matches there. Like that's when I first right. heard about it. Yeah. That, that was in the heyday of that, like in 2001 and that kind of yep. stuff. Um, so I was getting this buzz in the local area for doing all this crazy stuff. Like, I did like the I did the first a million thumbtack match. It was not CZW. It was me. Nice. Uh, I was taking weed eaters. I was doing like uh, I bumped out of the rafters of a building and landed on concrete. Jesus. Uh, oh my I god! Took, I took a bump off the top of a steel cage and legit landed on the actual crowd. Like there was no warning or anything. I just hit <laughs> all the people in the crowd. Like and I, and you know, I was get hurt. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I think that I, I think. According to my memory, I don't remember anybody getting seriously hurt. I'm sure some yeah. people aren't happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, too, you don't forget that you saw it, right? For sure. For oh, sure. No, yeah, for sure. So it didn't matter. Like, I was wrestling in front of 10 paid people and just absolutely murdering myself every night. Like, mm-hmm. um, whatever it took, you know. Um, and uh, so Dave Prezak was part of IWM Mid-South. And, and me mm-hmm. and Dave... I don't even, he probably, I don't even know if he remembers me at this point, but like, we were like, I felt like we were friends. I, I assume he did too. Cause we talked like all the time on AOL instant messenger. Um, and he was like, dude, you got to come down here and train with Ian and like, this will be your break and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, so I was going to do it. And then, um, 
die, like diehard Dustin Lee had that bad. I don't know if you know, but he had like a bad experience in Ida B. Mid South where they like, um, I don't know what the, the, the most socially acceptable term is to say this. Like, so I definitely mean no offense to anybody if this is the wrong term, but they like, they, uh, they basically ratted out his girlfriend and like he, uh, it really affected him. Like, to this day, like, I'm not sure that he's – I haven't talked to him really much in a long time. But as of the last time that we were friends, he hadn't recovered, he hadn't recovered from that. You know what I mean? Wow. Damn. Uh, so, like, as a show of solidarity uh, – because Die Hard Dustin Lee went to high school with my cousin and was my cousin's actual best friend, like, yeah. in high school. So, like, out of solidarity with that, I didn't go, right? I was like, no, nah, I'm not down. Uh, and then I got popular in IPW doing these death matches and IPW was like the biggest promotion in Indianapolis and Ian was starting to run Indianapolis. And so I, I turned down some bookings. Um, and then I finally agreed to do, uh, the 2005 King of the death matches, um, which was weird. Cause I, I fractured my neck. Uh, I got a hairline fracture in my neck, like two weeks before the King of the death matches. Damn. Uh, so nobody thought I was going to be there. And then I came anyway and did it. Uh, I was I was taking like fireman's busters off the top rope to the outside of the ring and stuff. Um, so you're a lunatic. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just did, do, do what I had to do. You know? No, I'm just yeah, kidding. That's sure. fucking badass. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I think that Ian kind of always had like a bad taste in his mouth for me because mm-hmm. like I was arrogant enough to turn him down when it really like. <laughs> Yeah, and one and here's the thing: if I would have showed up, it wouldn't have worked out for me anyway. Because they were just like beating the hell out of people, and like the way that they were training people and the things that they were doing, like is not how you should train people. It's not how you don't you don't turn a, a dog into a good dog by beating the shit out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you you got to have like some positive and some negative and some, but but you don't just beat it up because you can't, right? Yeah, like, get some nurturing. Right. Yeah. So. um yeah, so we went through all that, and then um, we were we were backstage sometime after the 2005 King of the Death matches, and they were talking about, "Did you guys see that June Kasai? That was crazy. He did that." And I was like, "I was like, I would do a Razor Boy Death match. I'd do it way cooler. I was like, I'd do it. I'd take the bump off the top rope to the outside of the ring, and uh, like we just all kind of laughed and all that." And then uh, the next week, it was on the IWA Mid South message board that I was going to be wrestling Ian Rotten in a Razorboard Death Match, uh, and I was like, "Oh damn! All right, well, I guess, <laughs> all right. I guess we're doing that. <laughs> That's Sign news my, to me. <laughs> Sign myself yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, which interest, interestingly mm-hmm. enough, Ian Rotten got hurt and couldn't yeah. do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And in steps so, the the corporal, the corp. Yeah, uh, and so. I don't remember a whole lot from that day, honestly. That's exactly what yeah. I said. To yeah, Bill. yeah, 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 I yeah, yeah. He doesn't really remember that match. Very well. We suspected from that yeah. opening, uh, that opening like close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So me and Corp had worked together uh, probably fifty times before that. Uh, yeah. We never, we never had an incident, but I think that probably uh, from the get go, the whole thing was to kind of teach me a lesson. You know what I mean? Like the to kind of show that, you know, I wasn't as good as everybody said that I was. You're not Uh, the top dog here. Like that type of mentality. Well, and and after the 2005 King of the Death matches, I had a really good buzz because my my match with Corp and Necro was good. Uh, Although some people kind of lose the what actually happened during the the punch spot at the end. Like people kind of lose what actually happened there. Um, 
from a psychological standpoint, and I have to explain it to them, which sucks. But um, so we go into the, and I cut this fire promo. You so like it was one of the best promos, like uh, probably that I'll ever cut. You know what I mean? That's what the YouTube video did mention a promo that you uh-huh. had cut prior to the match. So hopefully we can dig that up and find that because we were unfortunately not, not able to see that. Oh, it was so good. Like I was talking about how like Ian Rotten let let men beat his wife. And that he, because because they they did that in the storylines, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, they, I was like, you let men come, you know, you, they come into your company, they did this bullpen, beat your wife, and you did nothing, like, like you're a coward, like you're a man, like, like you're a man, and like I want to be a god, right? Like, like that's where I want to, I want to be God, like, and you're just a man, yeah, yeah, uh, and that kind of thing. So, um, that that promo was hitting on the internet, you like people were super into it, um, and then Corp. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I fed I fed big like I always do, and he hit me up under the jaw. And there's that uh, that artery or whatever it is that goes through there. And I think he it must have just clipped it, and I went down, man. And like yeah. that's uh, mm-hmm. so the only things I remember from that entire day. I remember uh, during setup, um, Ian Rotten cut his thumb putting a razor blade in the board. Um, yeah. <laughs> And I remember uh, being in the uh, concession stand with Brian Danielson uh, laughing about something because the concession stand had a big window and you could see through the window into the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were laughing about something. Uh, and then I remember waking up in the uh, the MRI machine or the CAT scan or whatever it was. Uh, and I get back to my uh, my room and my roommate uh, is Jeremy Ping. He's a producer for AEW. Like he produces pre-tapes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um he was that guy that came up and talked to me at the show. I don't okay, know yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. And we, uh, um, I reached into my pocket and I pulled out $43. And I, I, I said, dude, I don't think Ian paid me. And he goes, no, that's what Ian gave you. So he paid me $43 for a razor, for a razor oh blade. Like, <laughs> um, and so, but, you know, then I, I canceled a, a bunch of bookings for him after that. And then I eventually came back, but I think it was just kind of like a uh, – you know, after that, like uh, probably I was on the the downward slope to to leaving after that. Like in wrestling in general, like it was like it was almost time for me to leave. You know, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you seen the match since you've done it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was again probably less than ten seconds. You were knocked out. Oh and yeah. Obviously, yeah. I was. You know, I was gonna say like. Do you remember what that felt like? At least the razor blades or anything, but obviously yeah. not. But I mean, um, credit to th- you for getting through it. Yeah, for no, sure. Okay. And when, like, one thing about those razor blades too, and um, so many times you're always like heads would fall close to that, you know, like yeah. things like your eyes and like things that like you know you don't want to cut, you know, at all. Like you know, you that, that would be you know you just want to stay away from it. And you know, it just got me wondering. I'm like, man, like you know. If you get close to that, is there some shit like a safe word or like something that like is like, hey, you know, I'm like too close to this, you know, or yeah. Well, you could call. I mean, you could you could try to do office like if, yeah. if, uh, which I don't even know, like how many people understand that. So uh, there used to be a, a thing like it'd be called call an office uh-huh. like you would you, you would like signal by like squeezing fingers or something like that. But. Uh, I, I never really see anybody do it anymore, so I don't yeah. know that it ever happens. But um, I, I wasn't—I I mean, I wasn't capable of, of taking care of myself at that point. Like, yeah. Like, so yeah. Um, 
I think that, and I think two Corp just kept hitting me in the head. Like, I was going to say, did you like, yeah. there's got to be a big trust factor there to some degree. Oh, yeah. Especially like if he's, you know, really trying to hurt you to some oh, degree. Like It's different too with the barbed wire because the barbed wires, you know, kind of, I don't know, they use it a lot, but the razors, just the literal razors sticking up. Like, from a, the, like yeah. a quarter yeah. of an inch or so. Yeah, like, 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 like there's a very direct like sort of line for like, you know, getting cut to that versus barbed wire where you just kind of get tangled up in it. Yeah. You know, like your like, back looked fucking heinous yeah, after yeah. that match. Oh yeah, it still looks rough. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say I bet you've got scars all over. Well, I, I don't look like Hoodfoot. Hoodfoot's <laughs> tore up, man. That, that poor guy. But he, oh, uh, June, he Kas- June Kasai's ripped up too. No surprise, dude. You should look up Hoodfoot. Look up his back, dude. It's as bad as <laughs> June Kasai. He's only been doing it like two years. Yeah, I, I know the yeah. name Hoodfoot, but yeah, I can't yeah. say I've seen him. Hoodfoot's a uh, good dude, man. I like Hoodfoot. Um, but I can tell you that there were spots that I wanted to do in the match that I know for sure didn't happen. Sure. Um, but I actually did do a second razor blade board. I was going to ask, did you ever yeah. do it again? Yeah, I did. Uh, but I, I know that – well, actually, I guess I do remember – I do remember Corp rejecting some spots that I wanted to do. Uh I think I don't think that I'm misremembering that, but I know for sure that I wanted to do a uh, a head stomp onto the board. Oh, uh, like I wanted to do. Uh, I also wanted to do like a recreation of June Kasai's bump onto the board because I mm. figured people would think that was the end of it. Yeah, uh, and there was another spot. I know that there was that there were four spots. I wanted to hit the board four times, and which would have been insane because I don't think anybody's ever done that. You know what I mean. <laughs> I think you um, hit it two or three, if I recall. Yeah, no, correctly. definitely, yeah, definitely two. Well, I feel like, and then there I, I was like a narrow the... miss as well mm-hmm. on one. Yeah, I, I gave him the worst spine buster ever because I was <laughs> I hurt as hell. Yeah, but, uh, and then I I did it from the I think I was on the middle rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I'm not sure what happened there because I I know before the match I wanted to do it from the top rope. So I don't know if if I just sat wrong or if we changed something for some reason. Um, but I, I know for sure I personally wanted the bump on the board four times. Yeah. One of them, one of them was a head bump. One of them, like I wanted to do where like my like my forehead was on the board and then he stomped on the back of my head. Mm. Uh, I wanted to do the recreation of June Kasai's bump because I figured people would think that was all like that that was the end of it. And then I wanted to finish with that big bump that I took. Um, but yeah, but yeah, to answer your, I did do it a second time. Uh, I did razor boards and barbed wire circus nets. Was like my uh, my last uh, official match as a full time wrestler. So yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I know you've got. You know, we're running out of time here, but certainly wanted to transition into wrestle arts. Um, yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about it in the last show you had, but um, I know you mentioned to me when we were at Dynamite that. You've got a 501c3, so you're technically right. a nonprofit. Uh, kind of speak to that side of things and, you know, what inspired you to do that and kind of what are some of the things that as wrestle arts you've done to kind of give back to the community? Yeah, so uh, it's a it's it's a shoot charity. I know there's a lot of a lot of times in wrestling it's, uh, you know, you find out that there's like a, a CD underbelly. Uh, yeah you know, where people are working the system, but, uh, and actually I'll show you something. I, I know, uh, is this the audio only podcast or is it video too? Um, we're typically, planning on doing both. Yeah. yeah typically right. we're audio, but we are planning to use the video. So, so I'm, oh, I'm just going to cover my, my address here, yeah. but like, yeah, if you look here, like it's, it's a legit government registered 501 C3. There you go. Oh, that's um, wonderful. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's it's all legit. Like our, you know, we we have to do government audits and all that stuff. Um, but we we had done some we had done some shows at my son's school to kind of get to the resource program, which is what they call the special needs mm-hmm. program now. Um, that's where wrestle arts two through five happen. Two, three, four, five. Yeah, two, two through five happened there. Um, and the sole purpose was we didn't touch money at the door. Nothing like we had. I had nothing to do with money at all. Um, so the the PT the PTA or PTO or whichever one it is collected all the money, nice. uh, and then it went to getting supplies for the school resource program. Excellent. Um, and the vibe was so good. Like, and it really just like because there was a period in my life where like I didn't want to have anything to do with wrestling at all. Sure. And, yeah. Uh, and it kind of just like reignited my my love for what wrestling could be because like the vibe was so right in the locker room and uh, it was just fun, man. Like everybody had a good time. Like and and the the feedback from the people that were at the show and worked the show was so good. Um, and then last year I had a uh, a mild heart attack. Oh shit! Um, so I'm I'm just kind of sitting around and I'm thinking like like what have I done in my whole life to like contribute to the betterment of somebody else? You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. Like what did like what did I do positive for the world, right? Like one of those existential crisis kind of things, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah. So, uh, you know, we just decided that, that we were going to register. As a, we paid all the money, we we did all the paperwork, we set everything up, and um, we decided that we were going to use wrestling to to uh, give back to somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we had wrestle art six. Um, it was awesome. We drew like uh, around 300 people, which is huge for Indianapolis. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, most in, we went to Impact Overdrive in Louisville, and I bet there were not much more than 300 people there. Yeah. And that was so, a hell of a shit, you know, with legit stars on it. So, uh, yeah, credit to you for pulling that in for sure. Yeah. I, I felt good about it. You know, our, our main event was Flash Flanagan versus Calvin Tankman. And, on paper, like as far as Indianapolis wrestling goes, you can't get much of a bigger dream match than that. Both names I'm familiar with, but can't say I've seen before. So are you, are all your matches, are they online? Like, can we go back and watch them? So uh, the whole show is on IWTV. Okay. Uh, all the promos and stuff are online. Um, we're going to build up a YouTube presence. So uh, I'm probably going to release uh, Sage Phillips versus Aaron Atlas online because a lot of people were really hyping that match up. Nice. Um, and I felt like it was a really good representation of what I want wrestle arts to be. Um, so, and like, we have another show coming up on uh, January 13th. It's Friday the 13th. I saw that. So, yeah. yeah not, feel free to, you know, talk about that. Promote for sure. Yeah. Promote about that. Yeah. And, you know, if yeah. possible, would love to maybe yeah, make my not, way over there. Yeah, you know, if not this one for one of them, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, this one will definitely be a, a good one to come to if, if you want to see one. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's got so we're we're giving a check to the poorhouse, and what the poorhouse does is they do uh, um, things for homeless people. They you know they help them get uh, clothes, jobs, food. Uh, well, I, I know they, they help get them uh, like different you know sleeping bags, whatever they may need. But they also help them get uh, apartments that are furnished and all nice. this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, they're they're locally they're based uh, in the same neighborhood that we run in, which is the Irvington neighborhood in Indianapolis um we're gonna give them a check we're gonna have raffles like we got all kinds of i mean we got sponsors like popeyes and i saw and, that yeah that's great yeah, all kinds of cool stuff like that so we uh, uh we're gonna do a raffle and we got all kinds of prizes all that money is gonna go to them um 
And we got good. I mean, we got all. Uh, let's see, we got Calvin Tankman versus Sage Phillips. That's going to be crazy. Uh, we got the Young Dragons versus, or uh, they're just the Dragons now. But Ace Perry and Josh Crane. Uh, Those are Ace names Perry, I know. Yeah. Yeah, he's wrestled in. Uh, I think he wrestled in Evolve AEW. Yeah, I'm like uh, starting to get more and more familiar with the indie scene because I think I told you I watch so much Japanese wrestling. I yeah. know there's just so much great wrestling out there today, but right. I saw you have you have Billy Starks, right? Billy Starks, yeah. Josh Crane, he's he's done uh, two tours in Japan. Yeah. So uh-huh. Billy, I obviously had heard all about her. She's from New Albany, Indiana slash Louisville. But I just recently yeah. watched she main evented Cork and Hall against Yuka Sakazaki in TJPW, and it was awesome. And I just reached out to her on Twitter congratulated her for the match and asked if she maybe wanted to come on the show. So we might be talking to her sometime in the spring, but uh, yeah, she's, she's killing it and she's going to yeah. be an absolute superstar. I mean, you can just see it. But I, I think she, she either just turned 18 or she's just about turned it like two or three days ago. Yeah. Yeah. But she's, she is, uh, she's great. She's, uh, she's somebody like I wanted to have on wrestle arts, like, as soon as possible. Is uh, this the first time you've been able to book her? Yeah, we we had a we had her kind of set up uh, for the last show, but uh, we kind of had to retool some things, and that was was on us. But she was super gracious about it. Obviously, her calendar is so booked anyway. I'm oh sure. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I follow her on Instagram, and it seems like every day she's in a new city, and she's wrestling mostly men. It seems like too, which I mean, she's pretty big for eighteen, mm-hmm. especially. So she can oh. she can clearly hang. Yeah, and she she hangs with the guys with aggression. Absolutely, yeah. Like she's she's very good, and if 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 she's not holding a woman's title and 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 one of the big two before all said and done, I will be a hundred percent shocked. But yeah, I mean, hell, even in the next five years, I mean, she seems to be like it's like every day she's just getting bigger and bigger. But right. Yeah. Well, and we also got, you know, we got Heather, if, you know, as far as women coming in, we got Heather Monroe coming in. Um, we got Logan Vitois, who's somebody who, who I think has uh, got a bright future ahead of her, too. Uh, we got Randy West, who who is one of the most underrated women wrestlers in the entire planet, probably. Um, you know, plus we still, we got Flash Flanagan versus Sean Kemp. And, uh, you know, Flash Flanagan's wrestled all over the place. He's, he's wrestled. Jerry Lawler, he's he's beat Randy Orton, John Cena, Batista, all wow. those guys. Was this um, like back in OVW? That was days, OVW, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well. he he was under developmental contract. He wrestled in USWA, uh, wrestling Jerry Lawler and stuff. He wrestled for Jim Cornette and SMW. Uh, he was a main eventer in Puerto Rico. Um, so you know, Flash is uh, is legit, man. He's he's the real deal. Um, we got me versus Jordan Die, uh, and, and it'll it'll be wild. I can promise you that. Um, so I yeah, you, know, you you mentioned the last match you had at six, and you had taken some time off for a while, right? Like, are you kind of back? Yeah. Are you just wrestling for Wrestle Arts now? Yeah, um, I mean, I would. I, I was kind of entertaining some other offers. It just kind of depends what it is and how it benefits Wrestle Arts. Sure. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, any anything I do is is to benefit like one of my things. And you know, with my with my regular job, like uh, um, you know, I have to be kind of because you know I, I do. Uh, I guess for lack of a better term, I'm an influencer on the internet. Social media, um, you do right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know, I have to be kind of careful about what I what I do and where I put myself. 
Uh, and plus, I, I only have so many bumps left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm that 40 bump, years old. That bump card, oh. as they call it, is probably getting a little full. Yeah. Right. So, um, um, no, I was going to say, so out of all the bumps that you may be taking in the future, like, do you have any sort of like in mind, you know, like any sort of like bucket list bumps that you've yet to take that you, you know, BLBs don't want to? <laughs> Well, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to give away too much. Yeah. I, I'm okay. telling you, I'm telling you this. We at, at Russell Arts, I can tell you for sure that that we're gonna have um, for for anybody that ever appreciated what I did in the past. Like, we're gonna have some dream match scenarios. Nice. Um, I don't really see myself like doing death matches uh, per mm-hmm. se. Um, again, you know, I, I can only do so much, but I, I think at uh, Russell Arts Six, I, I showed I. You know, I, I still uh, did the, you know, off the off the top rope into the bed of chairs on the floor kind of thing. So I think I showed people I won't be mailing it in. Did you get uh, some been, you still got it chance? I, you know, I, I, I did not. I will. But <laughs> I, I do know for sure that from so we uh, we, we we had the staff, our staff ask a lot of feedback. Uh, and, and a lot of people told me that they thought or not told me, told the staff, told us uh, that they felt like that that was like the standout match of the night. Uh, now again, it was it was wild. It was bloody. There were chairs everywhere. There were big bumps. So, uh, do I feel like it was the best match on the show? Absolutely not. Uh, was it? You know, was it a crazy wild brawl that that, that had some uh, cool stuff in it? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've I've been in the gym uh, working out, hitting, getting cardio, trying to trying to get myself into a position where I can be the 2002 Brandon Prophet for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, versus, you know the the 2006 King of the Death match, our Brandon Prophet, who clearly didn't want to be there anymore. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's what I hope will happen. I I want the uh, the final chapter to my, and, and I don't know how long it's going to last. It, sure. it could last, yeah. you know, five more shows. It could last five more years. I don't know. But uh, whatever my last chapter is, I want it to be the best chapter. You know. There you go. Um, so yeah, but I, I'd love to have you guys come down, man. I'd love to yeah. see you guys. Sing. Oh, one thing I forgot, and this is very important. We got uh, Brogan Finley and Pete Youngblood are coming in to wrestle the Dragons. And uh, that match is going to – I can't wait to see it. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Brogan Finley. That's another name, again, I've seen. Or I know the name, but haven't seen, no. Yeah, he's he's Fit Finley's, I believe, his youngest son. Oh, really? No shit. Okay. Like, David Finley's been killing it. Like, he's had an unbelievable breakout year this year in New Japan, for sure. So, yeah, Brogan's going to, he's going to be there. He's not, he's not falling far behind. Like, that kid's good. Um, And he actually, there's a match uh, on uh, GCW. Uh, I think it's on the Settlement series. So, if you got IWTV, uh, look up Brogan Finley versus Billy Starks. Okay. Uh, That's uh, a, a, quite bloody on billy's end which is kind of <laughs> weird like but uh, i mean it's uh the dude is good man and and uh, i can't wait to see like i like josh crane is somebody i see being like potentially like in the top spot of wrestle arts at some point so nice uh, i'm really looking forward to those guys and it's gonna be a good match man awesome awesome good yeah deal. bo do you got uh any final questions before we kind of wrap her up here no, I think uh, I think I am uh, I am all out of questions. I'm I excited, guess I'm excited if I go see. Maybe hopefully we can tick off on those bucket list bumps, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely keep yeah. that Friday the thirteenth yeah. in mind. And that's uh, January the thirteenth, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and where's your show at again? It's in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, you oh, can get all man. the information wrestlearts.com. Yeah. 
Uh, tickets are already moving fast. The the stage seats are almost sold out. The uh, front rows are going. They'll definitely sell out. Are you hoping um, for like 300 again? Is that kind of what you're aiming for? So I, I'm trying to, I would, I would be ecstatic if we got 300 plus. Sure. Um, I'm trying to be realistic about what Indianapolis normally draws for people and, and, and remind myself it's a building process. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, 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 if the crowd, if there's a sophomore slump, like, it's not surprising. Um, like I said, I, I think that, that we probably drew more people to our show than all the other local promotions drew combined for the month. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, and, and not to say anything, but there's great promotions here. Like there's, there's some really good ones. Um, but I, we were in the, I don't know if we were the right place at the right time or we got the right flyers out, the right hustle. I don't know. And just the uniqueness, you know, of the right. nonprofit aspect of, I think that's just right. something that's going to draw people in. Cause you know, you not only you're going to wrestling, but you're also helping out people like you said. So yeah, I think, right. I think it's a home run concept for sure. I love it. Well, we're going to do, like I said, we're going to give the check in the ring. So there's no question. There's no BS. There's no, I'm going to hand the check to the person from the poorhouse. Well, mm -hmm. not me, but somebody yeah. on the team <laughs> yeah, will yeah. Handle, handle it. Obviously, uh, um, you know, if I'm if I'm Brandon Prophet in front of the curtain, I can't come out and be yeah. John Barker, too. I right, have to, right. you know, I'm either one or the other. So I, I stay John Barker in the back and Brandon Prophet yeah. in the front, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's going to be fun. And, you know, I, I, uh, I enjoyed the interview. Uh, I know uh, – I know I was kind of short on time this time, but uh, maybe we can do it again, and I'll tell you some uh, yeah some uh, more wild kind of fun stories. I got Tracy, I, Necro, Ricochet, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just wanted to mention because I know you had mentioned it, and then I saw it, you know, on an interview that you had helped Ricochet and Chuck Taylor kind of get their first, you know, big bookings break, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I actually, so like their first like show on Smart Mark video, which was like you had to be on Smart Mark if you wanted to break out back in the day. Uh, like I actually I actually paid for them out of my pocket uh, to get them on the show, and then luckily they they did give me my money back later when they saw how good they were. But uh, <laughs> I literally I, I bet my whole payday on it. So yeah, well you were right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, they're uh, especially uh, like when I see ricochet ricochet is such a freak of nature oh my gosh um, yeah i mean I, I remember when he was he was 16 doing double moonsaults and stuff man it was crazy i uh i literally thought like he got up there he climbed up to the top rope i think i saw him do it i don't remember if it was ipw or evansville first he got up there and he went to do the moonsault and he just kept going and i was like oh my god like i've never seen anything like it before it's the most terrifying thing i've ever seen yeah um and he's yeah, still he, doing things that people have never seen before. I mean, he's he, – yeah. I'm just glad because I've caught him in New Japan initially, and he was so good. And then he kind of yeah. got lost in the shuffle when he went to main roster, WWE. Right. But now with Triple H running the show, uh, he's definitely right. been booked a lot better. And, uh, yeah, yeah. This, that's great. Well, yeah, Brandon, John, thank you so much. Thank this you. Was For awesome. sure, man. Um, and, yeah, we'd definitely yeah. love to have you on again and hear more and more fun stories. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, just get get with me and uh, stay in contact, and hopefully we'll see you in January. Yeah, most definitely. We will stay in touch for sure. But, uh, yeah, thank you again, and uh, good luck with uh, the show and everything moving forward. Thanks, guys. Take care. Well, well, well. Tis the season for clean balls. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. 
Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season. From stocking stuffers to white elephants, Manscaped's products are at the top of every wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog yeah. in December by going to manscaped.com and using the code BBB. I wish it was HOG right now for 20% off and free shipping. Tell them more about how they can go from eggnog to nice hog, though. What a great introduction. Like, that oh. be- might say best of 2022. Yeah. If, uh, if, uh, they must know how much we use the term hog. Yeah, best of 2022 attaboy, Drew. Uh, <laughs> Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift for the Platinum Package 4.0, plus loads of little presents perfect for the stocking stuffers. And what better holiday gift than giving the gift of good hygiene and a few laughs? Ho, ho, ho. Uh, Manscaped offers a handful of their liquid formation shampoos, body washes, upstairs and downstairs deodorant, gels, exfoliants, absolutely everything they could need to keep it clean. And don't let their chestnuts roast in the wrong boxers. Give them a pair of Manscaped's boxers, specifically, specially made to keep the area cool and provide holiday comfort all year round. And now that you've gifted them perfect privates, go beyond the groan with um, the groan, the groin with Manscaped's full body product line. Dad has nasty nose hairs. Save his life with a weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Why, Dad? Uh, the Shears 2.0, that's their full kit with, with nail care with scissors, clippers, tweezers, and a file for the traveling man. Ooh, the new, yeah, the new Persevere Cologne, how about this, that brings a nice, light, breezy, woodsy feel, and that gives the fresh tree scent even after the holidays are over. Mm, I love the, tree. Oh, yeah, tree, tree's nice. Still using a loofah? Introducing the body buffer. Well, loofahs actually hold bacteria from dead skin. Help them throw out that disgusting old loofah and get the body scrubber that feels smoother but acts tougher. Lastly, top off the stocking with the crown jewel for their family jewels, the Lawnmower 4.0. The Electric Razor's advanced skin safe technology is a life changer and known for reducing nicks and cuts on the Santa sack. Manscaped is here to make holiday shopping a blast by giving products they'll love and make them laugh. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code BBB. Manscaped for a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. Your hog will thank you. Oink. Okay, we hope you enjoyed that conversation with the wonderful Brandon Prophet. Just such a great dude, and uh, definitely looking uh, looking forward to maybe having him back and maybe going to that show. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it seemed uh, seemed very uh, seemed very exciting, and you know, I think it'd be cool to like get a crew if possible. Uh, Absolutely, you know, I mean, you've been you've been to some in, you've now been to indie wrestling at least you know prop smaller than this you know yeah. if they're pulling in three hundred people so uh, yeah that's impressive. Uh, Obviously, it's a different type of product, but, you know, the fans like Impact, as I've referenced on there, more kind of part of the show. And, you know, they hear the cheers. And, uh, yeah, I think it, and it's a Friday night, Friday the 13th. So it would be fun to, uh, you know, grab a few friends and go down there. And, yeah, if you uh, live in the area, be sure to check out Wrestle Arts as well. But, uh, 
Hey, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, this past week's AEW Dynamite leading into this week's Winter is Coming. Yeah. We're not going to go through the whole show, but uh, <clears throat> Ricky Starks won the Dynamite Diamond Ring Battle Royal and cuts the promo of his life thereafter on MJF. Um, yeah, it was pretty like, like, you know, like clearly it was meant for him to upstage it, but wow. Yeah, yeah, you know. he definitely did. Um, it, I mean, he just went. He, I think I saw, I read that he said he just winged it. Uh-huh. And yeah, I feel like he, what MJF was talking and he, was he calling Ricky the pebble? Oh, or no, uh, yeah. The no, yeah. He was calling him. No, he, yeah. He, yeah. Or, yeah. He, yeah he, was, he had mentioned that earlier. Cause I remember um, he had tweeted out like a list of like, yes. Stupid names, wrestlers. Yeah. Which yeah. Is pretty funny. Yeah. And, and then he called him dollar store Dwayne. Yeah. Yeah. The comparisons to the rock were very, were very obvious, which was cool that he went there. Yeah, and then Starks like bumped into him, grabbed the mic, and just he called a maxi pad, and then yeah. he just fucking went off. I mean, I don't even remember what all he said, and it was all very it, quick it, and very, very impassioned, like, very baby face stuff. Like yeah. you know, talking about respect and dignity and hard work and and things like that. You know, kind of very like especially contrasted with MJF. And how much he's had to kind of, I think he mentioned like living Living in his his car, car, you know, kind of having to scratch and claw. Yeah. Um, and uh, he oh he's gonna stomp an asshole into stomping <laughs> how does that happen I don't know is he made out of play doh or something he's gonna like, snatch you know? the mole off his neck and stomp an asshole into yeah it. the mole, the mole thing I remember the snatch an asshole I don't know how that sailed past me like like I imagine like MJF's made out of play doh and that's how you put the butthole and then uh. To use a term my boy Kevin Rogue uses, MJF kicked him in the ding ding. He did. Yeah, I mean, and, and I love his face facial reactions, how he did it too. It was just yeah. so like 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 how he was just like, Well, I guess I have to do this, you know. Yeah. Like yeah. it was just so um mundane and rote, you know. And then Starks kind of hit a expected. huge spear on him. Yep. And then he picked up the belt. And uh yeah, the fans were obviously fully behind Ricky. And uh what a fucking promo he cut. Yeah. You mentioned it off air. It's like it almost seems like this would be better fit for like a, a later match. Yeah, a challenge yeah. more down the line as opposed to his first challenger, which is why I thought Ethan Page was gonna be that person. But yeah. clearly they've gone back to Max, Max just mm-hmm. beating a full heel. Because yeah. he wasn't that, you know, in the whole buildup to the title match. No, yeah, completely. And I mean, I think Ricky Starks is, I mean, I guess because he just hasn't had any world championship matches, like it makes sense that you could put him here to give him that. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, like that, this is a big moment for him, yeah. even though he's going to lose. And yeah. a promo like this is like, yeah. all right, he's putting himself in that main event map, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, it's just that promo quality was like further on down the road in the title reign, you know. Yeah. But, but I mean, I don't know. It, it, it both makes sense, but I both, you know, like it, it's it's a very 50-50 kind of um, thing for me. Yep. Yeah, then we had Mox talking about Hangman, which I know you watched at least uh, Takeshita. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Takeshita Mox match. Did Hangman come out like right after that? Did you see that part? He may have. Yeah, because uh, they had some physical interaction on yeah. Rampage, I remember. Yeah. So, um, but we keep going. And yeah, the TNT Championship, which saw Samoa Joe just throw Darby Allen around like a lawn dart for 10 minutes. But, yeah. uh, I thought this was awesome. I mean, anytime you get Darby in with a bigger guy, like remember with Brody King, you know, a few months back, like yeah. 
well, he's he also- so good against the bigger guys because he's willing to take all these crazy bumps and just looks so good doing. Oh yeah, and, and like I don't know. I guess having not seen it for a while, or being against Samoa Joe, who's like a little different. Like he like he doesn't like you know when usually you, you, like Darby hits like a big guy, like the big guy is just like huh, 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 like laughs <laughs> at him and like looks down. And like Joe is like I don't know. I don't know if I'm associated with Ring of Honor, but he's like less of a gloater. You yeah, know, and more of like a just standard respectful wrestler. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, all builds up to like Darby like getting that little flurry of moves in, thinking, you know, that that he's gonna win. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he like, was Joe was on offense for 90% of this match. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, he tried the coffin drop, Joe caught right. him and then choked him out. But uh yeah, this was great. Um the king of television reigns supreme. Love, yet what a again. great name, the king of <laughs> no. television. Love that name. Yeah, very fun match here. And uh, Samoa Joe's TNT title reign already off to a better start than Wardlow's. That's yeah, for sure. You know, and Wardlow's jealous. That's why he ran out at the end. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he did come out. So, you know, it'll be nice to see them, I presumably, get a one-on-one match. And it will be interesting to see, uh, does Joe retain? Because Wardlow has been kind of unbeatable in a single setting. Like, he, he hasn't really eaten many pins i don't even no. know if he's been pinned like period oh, i mean he yeah he has but yeah. maybe once or twice i'd be curious to kind of go back and look at that but, but, but not uh, in like a solid you know long no, like, he's like very match. protected like we've yeah, said that before like he's very protected so yeah i mean samoa joe given that he was kind of you know forced off wwe to a head injury came back wasn't that great against carrion cross but man he's been night and day better ever since he came to aew uh, yeah you know not quite the joe of old but definitely a hell of a lot better than he'd been so oh, yeah, yeah i'm enjoying it no, no doubt no, no, i am too like this is already like i said a, a decent reign you know yeah. like with some good matches good quality challengers um you know hopefully like i said i know the Wardlow thing is going to kind of be a few but i mean there's lots of wrestlers i think on the roster at the tnt level for sure you know? yeah they- and, and i'd like to see them like in those matches totally agree totally agree um did you and did you watch the jazz bcc tag match yes claudio and wheeler versus garcia and hager yes you know nothing special to write home about here but just good fun stuff and and like those things oftentimes are like huge vehicles for for wheeler yuda and garcia yeah you know like you have the other guys in there to kind of you know do some like big things and just with the star power but it's always like whenever like like AEW is really trying to sell you that rivalry between Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia, you know, and they had yep. the other guys in there to back it up. No, and like you they know, just I, had their third match for the ROH Pure Title, um, which they've kind of flipped. Wheeler had won it initially, dropped it to Garcia. Now Garcia's dropped it back. So uh, and all yeah. the matches have been awesome. So mm. yeah, no complaints from me out of those guys. Yeah, me neither. Not one bit. But yeah, the match was just uh, kind of a match that was, yeah. you know, just your solid middle of the road. And it was clearly building towards those matches happening right. in the final and, and, and I think it's, you know, lack of, I guess, remarkability, you know, I guess like that we're kind of bringing up here is the fact that, that this feud is kind of getting tiresome. Yeah, you know? and I th- I'd like to see on these people go up against different people. Since you know? before May, like yeah. that's when that anarchy in the arena match was, was May. Wow, double or nothing, yeah. And granted, it hadn't been like them together that entire time but pretty much you know like so hopefully 
you know, with Claudio and Wheeler winning back the belts, like hopefully it kind of puts this all to bed. Yeah, no, I, th- I definitely think so. And I mean, with the promo and stuff that, um, I mean, that Blackpool cut with Which Michael we're Adams. about to get right here. Yeah, yes. is, yeah is that one that, that was it? So yeah, next is, yeah. you know, Tony Schiavone's in there um, with, I think, the Black- the BCC after that match. And he's like, hey, I've got a clip that Regal taped before uh, Full Gear or whatever. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's like, I think he starts, he's like, you'll only see this if something bad happens to me. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, yeah it, was, uh, it was sort of like a contingency plan. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, what it was for him, yeah. It's like, hey, if I'm going to go to WWE, play yeah. this. <laughs> if this message is playing, I am dead. You know, like, it's a very, like, <laughs> secret agent movie, yes. spy movie kind of thing to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, basically he said, you know, Everyone's going to be chasing MJF. You guys don't need me anymore. Um, you know, he said he needed to show you, and then they can now teach everything to Wheeler Yuta. Um, what was it? The final thing he could teach him was always stay one step ahead and make sure you keep your eyes in the back of your head. He said mm-hmm. he's Blackpool Combat Club for life. So again, a nice send off. You yeah. know, I li- I like this. You get I did some, too. You get some finality with William Regal. Um, and yeah, who knows, you know, maybe he could come back over at some point down the line or who knows, maybe AEW and WWE will fucking work together at some yeah, point. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I, I did really like this. Um, cause yeah, there were questions like, is it going to remain, you know, it's named after him. Yeah. So like he's gone. But I'd say yes, it is, and I think that was kind of a, oh yeah, having sold all the merch already and stuff yeah, like that, you know, a, like, like a kind of heartwarming that. final send off like, well, and Reed. a passing of the baton because it seems like yeah. Moxley's going to be head of that now, you know, as, like seeing, seeing as Moxley, he should be, yeah, and seeing Moxley as the head of a staple is kind of at least something that I haven't seen him do like in AEW. I know he was in the Shield, right? Yes, but, Ambrose, and that was but, they yeah. were all kind of equal. It was three equal members too. Right, so. right, and so now it looks like Moxley's going to be kind of the, the head of that, and that, it'll be interesting to see him in that role. Yeah, and like Danielson, we don't really know is he still a part of it because he wasn't there. Like you know, he left with Regal. Like he hasn't been seen yet since then. Yeah. Um. So it was just the three of them, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Yep. Um, and then we got another nice House of Black that I like all their promos. These back yeah. there, the pre-tape things they've been doing with them mm-hmm. has been awesome. Um, <laughs> Julia Hart still like I feel like she could look the part a little bit more because whenever he, whenever like he's like Julia, what is the sentence? You know, and she came out in like. She doesn't have the voice down for that yet. Yeah, like the, you know, like it, she, she still just sounded like, you know, just kind of her previous, her prior incarnation. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, a, a, a little work to do with that. But, but I mean, still like very welcome, those very theatrical, yes. um, ominous bits that he, that he does. Yep. And then we got uh, Jamie Hayter finally speaking for the first time since she won the championship. Nothing really much here, basically saying she's, uh, Everyone's trying to reach her and she'll give a championship match to the winner of Sheeta and the Bunny on Rampage, which was Sheeta. So uh strap cool. me in. Yeah, yeah. that'll be yeah, sweet. Great, great first challenger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we're gonna skip the Jade uh, bullshit. Um don't care. you didn't watch it, and yeah, we just don't really care. Um, and then there was a Soraya interview where we learned that she's going to have her second match on January eleventh in LA against it's brit and tony against her and a partner so Ooh, that should mystery be a partner 
Yeah. Got a mystery partner. Will it be, you know, someone debuting? Mm. Will it be, I don't know. Let's yeah. not speculate. Let's just wait and see. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> um, the mystery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then we get the long awaited um, AEW Tag Team Championship match just shoehorned in like two days before the show. The acclaimed versus FTR. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure who was going to win this. I yeah, did. Me neither. I did kind of think the acclaimed, but man, this could really go either way. And uh, I again, I thought this was great too. Just two yeah. babyface teams. I mean, hell, FTR kind of played. You know, the fans were definitely for the acclaimed. I would say, which yeah. is uh, a major turn of events from where things would have been four months ago with these two. For oh, sure. big time! Yeah, I mean, FTR obviously still, you know, hot, hot as shit, but uh, yeah. the the acclaimed they're on top of the world but uh yeah what'd you think of this oh no i thought this was uh you know like pretty great you know i think like you know especially bowens is really good at like matching their style you know he's kind Absolutely. of like seems built like the, he's like the bulldog bulldog right? yeah yeah like sort of bowling ball cannonball type guys like 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 shorter like like low center of gravity you know roly you know yeah. as that match got at the very end and uh you know caster obviously fit in very well there too but yeah i mean they, it seemed that they played the kind of FTR style a lot more. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say like I would know what the acclaim style is. I get they're kind of a little less high flyer and more, you know, strong. Uh, you know, but yeah, they definitely kind of leaned into FTR's wheelhouse um and you know put on a really great show. Um I do have to say that the rap in the beginning left a little bit to be desired. You yeah. Know? Uh, His really raps good. have been not quite as good, I feel like of late, but yeah, you know. and they, they they haven't been like horrible, embarrassing misses like they were like, yeah. like when we started doing our show. Yeah. Um, but this time, like there's a joke about like Herschel Walker, and that was about yeah. it, you know, that 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 stuck with me. But um, but yeah, you know, that could have been better. But no, the match in and of itself was was great. It was really exciting. You know, um, some nice imagine, near falls down the stretch. Yeah, I, ma- I imagine we're going to see this matchup again. You know, I would think I would think, season, yeah, yeah, like I was kind of thinking, you know, now are R- now FTR lost the ROH title. Yeah, they've taken two L's in a row. Yeah, they yeah. may, you know, the so they'll face the winner of New Japan's World Tag League at Wrestle Kingdom, which yeah. is either Aussie Open or Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. So I think Aussie Open's probably going to win that, and they might beat FTR because they already wrestled once at Royal Quest in England. Incredible Mm -hmm. match, but FTR got the win uh, for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. So because Goto and Hashi won it last year and then won the titles at Wrestle Kingdom, so I think – Aussie Open's going to win. So let's just say hypothetically they lose those belts too. I was just kind of thinking last night as I was watching this match, it's like they've got to get a sustained run with the AEW World oh, Tag oh, Team oh, Championships oh, oh, they've got to. in and 23. The, they have oh, to. They do, yeah. And the acclaimed, I think, you know, like being a pretty young group, I feel like won't have like the longest. They'll have like a, maybe a Jungle Boy Luchasaurus link. Yeah title reign but i mean you know they're already over shit they're already at like almost three months like yeah. it was a uh, grand slam which was like end of september i think yeah so probably and, two and a half months and yeah maybe, maybe they hold it till revolution maybe I mean, that's kind of what we're yeah, i mean at. i mean that would make it what like a five to, to six, six. Yeah, yeah yeah so that'd be a pretty long reign as the tag titles go and or FCR, i mean i'll go ahead oh no i guess all the, the elites all finding together i'm trying to think if there are any like heel tag teams that could take it off them and then ftr you know, could yank it off them like a heel tag team that could use like a 
you know, a like short a amount of time. Butcher in the blade. <laughs> I don't. I'm just trying to think of. Heel I mean, I mean, I mean, right. I mean, not swerving our glory. They won't take it back off of them. And plus, when they're, they're all, kind of break, so they, they had another match. They fought on Ring of Honor together. Yeah. After their kind of little breakup, mm-hmm. and it was further solidified. He Swerve left, and yeah. Keith Lee still won. but yeah like they obviously slotted in so well as kind of that heel foil yeah off the top of my head like i can't think of too many like great heel challengers right yeah yeah i mean you could have another brief bucks reign but i mean they're with the elite and you know they're with yeah the trio they're definitely tied up in the trios thing for a while I mean, the Lucha Bros, whenever they kind of, you know, they're kind of seemingly turning yeah. a little bit, at least Penta, yeah. but obviously getting them back just as a tag team would be yeah. nice. Um, what if it's the Gun Club? Yeah. Sid and Houston. <laughs> you know? that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I they've mean, definitely, they're moving I mean, they're, their way up the card a little bit. Yeah, they are. And they're, you know, especially compared to the Acclaim with Daddy S, they're pretty yeah, uh, healy. So. They're ingrained in this story, too. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Clearly, it seems like they're going to fight FTR first, and I'm right. sure FTR is going to win. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's an interesting to think about, mm-hmm. you know, not too many like heel like championship level challengers at the, I mean, we're probably forgetting people, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But no, no one off the top of the, I mean, like no championship level challengers. I don't think we would forget them. Jay lethal you know. and Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they, they were watching the match. Yeah, that's right. They that's right. The they match. were, they were. So, so it could, so it could be something like that. Could be yeah. them. I mean, I don't know. I guess not heel, but Sting and Darby. Could that like be like a tag team? Yeah. I mean, they haven't like, challenged for the belts yet. I don't, it, no, I don't think they have. So yeah, so maybe that could be somewhere down the line. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would I mean if I was picking right now, I'm I'd say FTR is who sure. dethrones the acclaimed, yeah. whenever that may be. Maybe it's revolution. Um, I don't know. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see kind of who lines up as the next challengers because it seemed like forever. Not not to say the tag team division has taken a step back because it hasn't, but like it seemed like in our in my head, like there was always just so many teams like right there. Yeah. That I guess we just haven't thought about it as closely of late. But uh, you know, you could like the House of Black. You could get Ooh, two of those yeah, guys. That'd be great. Yeah. And especially uh, that could you could put a title on Malachi, which like he needs something. Yeah. You know, like you, you know who else back. does? Yeah. Who? Fucking Miro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where the hell has he been? So it's been kind of like the dirt sheets have said that I guess he rejected create a creative plan. Uh-huh. I don't remember what it was, but he's healthy. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he's been seen since Forbidden Door, which My is Lord. crazy. And yeah. I just don't get it. Like WWE was never able to figure him out. Like he's so fucking good. Yeah. Like that's why I always thought like he and Wardlow, like that's a ready-made like what a feud that would be what a match that would be yeah and both of them you know like like pretty good like pretty similar on the mic to, you know could like have sort of different you yeah. know it wouldn't be like Samoa joe who's very like, high basic. up the car yeah, yeah yeah like both of them can be kind of like you know healy a little bit or i guess wardlow he's sort of baby i don't know like for yeah, some reason Wardlow's like a baby face yeah. now but but yeah I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this was a pretty solid uh, episode of Dynamite. And yeah. yeah, real quick, let's just shift gears to the opener of Rampage. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, this was fucking great. Moxley to Keshta. Mm-hmm. So they had a match like, I don't know, four months ago or so when Mox was world champ. I don't know if you saw that one or not. Uh, um, but this one, I thought this Dynamite? one was- 
I can't even remember, but this one was even better. Um, yeah, and I know you said you watched this and then the Briscoes FTR and then the Brandon Prophet match all in a row and all very bloody and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was just it was uh gross. Yeah. <laughs> it was gross. It was it was good though. Like like you know they kind of each like amplified a little bit. I mean the Briscoes match was like the in terms of like amount of bloodshed was the bloodiest yeah. out of all of them. But the um the, the, um, the yeah the, yeah the, yeah the, well, the death match was the, the 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 one where like I had to like take my headphones off you yeah. know and, like look away sometimes <laughs> you know that was that was the 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 squeamiest one I have to say yeah yeah I hear you but no uh, obviously you know we've seen and I've seen a lot of Takeshita and DDT and I fucking love the guy but I know you've still only seen him in kind of a handful of matches but it, he's just unbelievable. Yeah, no, he is. He really is. Like he's, you know, definitely freak like, athlete. Like yeah. just the way he can, like he does that, like jumping clothesline where he gets yeah. seemingly ten feet off the yeah. ground. Well, but, well, it's kind of like you know, whenever you think about Kenny, Kenny's like very freak athlete, but he also is just kind of like not like a super trim, thin person. He's yeah, just and he's like not large. six four two sixty yeah, made yeah, out yeah. of steel like this. Yeah, guy. yeah this guy's like a. He's like Okada, like a, yeah. is, but even more of a freak athlete. But that similar like body type, you know, yeah. man, he's just so good. Um, yeah, I don't even you you just watched it. Any any moves that stuck out for you? I'm trying to think, <laughs> um, man. I mean, what stuck out with me was Moxley got busted open pretty early. Yep. You know, like I'm trying to think of the one move. Like, like what was the move that caused that again? Mm. Oh, he like kicked him. Yeah, remember yeah, it was yeah. like on the outside and he like fucking kicked him, which yeah. I'm guessing was a blade job. But yeah, I remember I texted Tim King. I'm like, if he just bled the hard way on that kick, that's the most badass thing I've ever seen. Because yeah. it sounded good, but I'm guessing it was probably a well, blade. Well, on that, and it was like just kind of weird getting seeing Moxley just get beat up like that. You never they really both, see they both hit each other hard. Oh yeah. Well, sure. it, well, and Moxley just kind of getting like tossed her. Cause Moxley is usually always like the aggressor. Yeah. You know, and it's never and like kind of smaller guy. Here. I mean, not by much, but to catch yeah. just definitely bigger, but, but he was made to kind of seem like that in this match. He definitely was. Um, there's a big clothesline he he did what well, that Takeshita did. Yeah. I think I was talking about that was like a pretty big hit that I thought was and good. And then but he yeah. did he did um he hit that big jumping knee followed by that brain buster that got yeah, a yeah, really yeah. nice near fall. Um there was some no oh he, the one count at the end when he hit the the paradigm oh, shift and he kicked out at one. one like yeah. I always fucking pop huge for that. Yeah. Cuz I thought that could have been it, you know? Like there were a few times where I thought this was going to end. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just so good. Um Yeah. No, yeah, this was like like a good precursor to all that. But yeah, like I don't know. I, um like it was just very like bruisering, very like I don't know, like it, it it was a good precursor to all that bloody stuff, but still like a wrestling match that didn't need Absolutely. too much, too too many weapons and yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this was great. And then obviously at the end, you know, he kind of just beat him down with the forearms to the back of the head. And yeah, yeah. Mox was getting booed again, yeah. you know, like the fa- I love that the fans are getting behind Takeshita because I think they realize like this guy is a special talent. Yeah, he's really and good. He's now here full time. Like he has moved to America and he is signed by AEW. I mean, granted, he's still working in DDT some. Like uh-huh. I know he's doing a show there in December, and I'm sure he's gonna go back every now and then, but he's here and he needs that's what Tim and I were talking about too. It's like he needs to start winning. 
yeah. because he's had all these great matches against Mox twice, Hangman, Claudio, that he's lost, and yeah. he needs to start winning. And yeah. I, I mentioned like he could potentially be the one that dethrones Orange for the All Atlantic title. Yeah, yeah, he could. Tony likes that to be like an international type thing, so I think that could kind of be first step for him to like getting some gold, but. The yeah, guy's fucking good enough to be AEW world champ. I don't think he will, but man, he's talented enough. That's well, for damn sure. Well, he needs some, you know, some big wins against some like good, you know, some like yeah, big it's opponents. gonna take like two years to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, happens. yeah. And it's you know, like 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 at this point, not now, but like a big TV no. match for him, you know, that's like dynamite two versus rampage. And let's get him like he hasn't been on a pay-per-view yet either. So mm-hmm. like let's get you know, hopefully revolution, like we get him a proper feud. I think mm-hmm. I think he speaks a little English, um, yeah. you know, that's always tough, you know, when they're first coming over, but you know, I imagine he could probably get through a promo or, yeah. you know, there are ways, but uh, yeah. yeah, I fucking love the guy. I'm, you know, I've been following him for like three years, so years in DDT mm-hmm. and just so happy that he's finally kind of getting his due from American fans and uh, that he's committed to coming over here. And he, I think I've mentioned this to you before. He, he fucking loves Cinnabon. Oh yeah, he does all about it. <laughs> he's always oh, yeah, he was Cinnabon the guy, yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. He loves it. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to rekindle that old relationship. Uh, no, we may we have to, because when I walk by it, it sure didn't sure smell good. Dude, I actually yeah, bought well. some of the, they like sell a lot of frozen shit now at the grocery store. Yeah, it's yeah. expensive, obviously, oh. but I bought some of their, like their frozen cinnamon rolls. They're fucking fire. Oh, wow. Those are, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm gonna have to try some of those. I mean, it was like like, eight bucks for a six pack compared to like when you get just like the roll of Pillsbury for like three bucks. The the tube and the sauce. Yeah, but these were just so much better, obviously. Yeah. Oh, I bet. For like a frozen cinnamon roll, pretty damn good. But uh, yeah. Wow. I don't know if I've ever had like an actual frozen one because I guess they might have all been the doughy. Yeah. Well, so you microwave it, of course. But uh, yeah, it still comes out like pretty fresh for sure. And no, it, it's already got like the icing on it, and man, that their icing is just so fucking good. Yeah, I think that's got to be the selling point. Oh, you know? no doubt. Well, 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 I think like there's also Cinnabon like scented candles and chapstick, <laughs> like the essence of it. Like goes they have to the a lot coffee now and shit. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you know, it's they've definitely blown up for sure yeah, yeah. from starting just as like a a mall eatery, I guess. Yeah, but no, it was wild seeing Moxley get his ass kicked like that. <laughs> it was yeah. Wild. That was, yeah. that, that was my big takeaway. Yeah, good shit. Uh, anything else? 